faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Shout, I love you, Lord. All right, when you shouted that, that meant that this word right here applies to you. Amen. Your God is the faithful God who keeps promise. The promise he made to you will hit generations a thousand times after you. When you're gone, when you're gone God will still be blessing your great-grandchildren. That's some good stuff. All right. Today's message is going to come from Hebrews chapter number 10. He's brewing something. He brews. He brews. This is this, this going to wake you up and keep you up. <laughs> Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 19. Hebrews 10, 19. There's a whole lot in me. Just pray that Lord, the Lord can get it out so you, we can get you out of here on time. For lunch. If not, we'll have dinner. <laughs> but it, but it, it'll, it'll, it'll be good. <laughs> amen. Amen. I'm really excited today. Today is Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, I celebrate this day because we are all champions. Amen. Uh, once we say yes to Jesus, we got the victory. Amen. Can I talk to, can I hear from the people on Team Jesus? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. We know we already won. It's done. It's a sealed deal. It's done. It's done. It's done. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. And for all you 49er fans and Chief fans, I, want, I just want to let you know it don't matter who wins really don't matter. So just be happy. If you want the 49ers to win and they don't, be happy. <laughs> if you want them to win and they do, be happy. <laughs> no matter what, be happy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Verse number 19, let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for this opportunity that you have given us to feast on your holy word. Father, bring us together in a oneness with you. So that we could be your church. That we would have an ear to hear what the spirit has to say to the church. Come now with your word, which is all powerful. Lord God, let your word activate in us. That we would come to know you more dearly. Come to a more established relationship with you. Help us, Lord, to shake off the troubles of this world that we may get a firm grip onto you father we love you we praise you father and as I stand here father you know I'm not worthy to be called to be used by you but you chose me so I ask you Lord to consecrate me for this moment that I may be used as only a vessel and when after all is said and done, you alone will be glorified and we, your people, will be edified. In Jesus' name, everybody that believes, shout amen. 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 Hallelujah. Whew. 
the writer begins this part of the text. He says, therefore, brethren, having boldness, shout on bold. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated us for through the veil, that is, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he, he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another. Tell your neighbor, you're important to me. Say, say so keep showing up. <laughs> let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much mo the more as you see the day fast, well, approaching. I'm going to put fast in there because it's coming. <laughs> I want you to look at um, verse number 23. Let us hold fast. <clears throat> the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. I want to use as a topic, hold on. It's already done. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, just hold on. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I believe that we all need to be reminded at times that we really need to hold on a minute and allow God the time necessary to do what needs to be done. Somebody here may be faced with circumstances that they are out, it's out of your control that you want done um, and it's not being done fast enough. Sometimes we believe God to do something and because it gets, doesn't get done based on our schedule, we become frustrated um, we begin to talk about what's not done 
based on what we see. We talk more about that than we do about the one who get, got it done for us. The reason why I say he's got it done for us is because everything that you are faced with that needs an answer, he has already become the solution. There is nothing that you will go through in your life that God hasn't already set up for you. God does not give you anything that he has not already provided a solution for. Thereby, it is up to you to make up your mind on this day that you're going to give God your mind to. Because it is not your faith that keeps you wavering. It's the thoughts that you get in your mind. Sometimes you want things to be the way you want them to be. So you start thinking the way you think. And the way you think is not the way God thinks. And so while you are thinking, you will think yourself right out of thinking. If you, if you give God your mind, you will thank him because you know that he's already worked it out for you. But if you start thinking about it, you won't think about it. And so the longer you think, the more messed up it becomes. You even think that you ought to help God out a little bit. There was a woman, there was a woman in the Bible who had a husband and her husband did not give her a child, but came home and told her, God said, he's going to give you a child. We're going to have a child. Year went by after year and the woman started thinking, I don't have a child. Maybe God meant because I'm barren. It's impossible for me to have a child now. Maybe God meant Abraham that you should lay down with your servant and she'll bring the child. Now, see, y'all acting like you didn't try to help God out from time to time. Because it looked like an impossible situation, you let your mind start running cray-cray. For y'all don't know what that means, I mean crazy. You start thinking about things you shouldn't be thinking about. And before you know it, you're doing what you thought about and forgot what God had said. So then we try to adjust the promises of God to meet our now. But our now is only set there to get you going to what he's planned up ahead. Your now is not your finish line. Your now is the starting place for you to keep going to what's already promised for you. 
is there anybody in here that believes that God has great plans for you? So just because it don't look like a great plan now, it doesn't mean that God doesn't have a great plan for you. According to Jeremiah 29 and 11, he knows the plans that he has for you. The issue is, do you know? Once you come to terms of knowing that God has good plans for you, which is to prosper you and to bring you into good health, then once you know it, then it will become it. God is waiting for your faith to attach to his faithfulness. And when your faith attached to his faithfulness, then you start moving toward the promise that he has already done for you. Tell your neighbor, keep it moving. I want to give you four points. Y'all ready to write? Yes. Point number one, how we going to get there? You got to understand that you have a new way to live. To so say I have a new way. Point number two, you're going to have to come to terms that everything that you need is already done. Say it's done. Uh, to go along with point number two, you're going to have to understand who did it. Because if you understand God did it, then you'll believe it's done. But if you did it, then it might not get done. Because the plans of man has an end, but the plans of God has no end. Number two, number three. Point number three in order for you to be able to move into the faithfulness of God, you are going to have to come closer. Now, stand in the back won't help you out. You're going to have to come closer. Tell your neighbor you need a closer view. And number four, in order for you to embrace the faithfulness of God and obtain this promise, you're going to have to learn how to hold on. Tell your neighbor, hold on. Hold on. Do, you know, do you know that you, know, you, could, you could be at your wit's end? I, I, man, I'm, I'm, ready, I'm losing my mind. I'm going to throw the towel in. And God will say, hold on. Just one more round, and I'm going to give you a combination so you can knock the enemy out. But I'm tired of it. I'm tired. I'm just so tired. How many of you just tired? Tired of dealing with what you're dealing with. You don't got, look, you don't got to raise your hand because what you're dealing with might be sitting next to you. But go ahead and just wink at me. <laughs> the Lord says, <laughs> the Lord says, hold on. Just a little while longer. Preacher. I've heard that said, and I'm tired. 
of holding on. What can I do when I'm tired of holding on? Well, the text says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. And then it says, by a new and living way which you have been consecrated. Wait a minute. It says by a new and living way. In order to get into the holies of holies, God had to do something new. So in the Old Testament, the people could never enter into the holies of holies. Only the priests could. And so it had to be a certain time when one man would show up and the man would have to live his life before God and expose himself to God so God could clean him up. And then he can go into the holies of holies. So they would tie a rope around him and they would give him incense and they would light him on fire and they would smoke. And the smoke as he entered into the holies it would fill the room because you listen, the presence of God is too much for man to withstand. So they had to fill it with smoke and the man was going in to get in the presence of God. And when he got in the presence of God, all the people's sin will be forgiven because of that one man. But if the man wasn't before God, and he didn't live his life right when he went in. See, he also had bells on his robe. So as he walked, they would hear him jingling. And they knew the priest was in there sanctifying so that they could be forgiven. But if the priesthood could no longer hear bells ringing, they would pull him out. Because he would be dead for entering into the holies of holies and having sin on your life. God said, they'll never make it this way. So let me go back to the original plan where the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth. That lamb is Jesus. He says, I got to show man that man can't do it for man. I got to send my son down there so that he could do it for man. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, his blood has given us a right to go before God all by ourselves. We have a new way. The, the new way. Let's look at the new way. Uh, the new way doesn't have you dependent on your pastor. Because if pastor's crooked, Come on now. it does not affect you. Come on. So if pastor does something wrong at church ABC, Come on. and you have to go somewhere else, there's no reason for you to think about what happened at ABC. Because God will move you to the church of God going on in Christ Jesus. 
He says, let me fix this so that man can't fault this. What am I saying? Your relationship with God is a one-on-one thing. And so, someone say it's a new way. So when you accept the new way, old ways are gone. Wait, wait. Wait a minute. Your old way of thinking is gone. But, well, pastor, I still be thinking crazy. And how do I get rid of thinking crazy? Because I love me some Jesus, but every now and then some stuff happens in my life that caused me to think And God said, I've done it in such a way that you get to come into the holies of holies thinking crazy. See, see, we'll give God our time on Sunday. And don't let the preacher go too long because he only get two hours. Because we got a restaurant to be at at noon. See, see, we, we'll condition, we'll plan our day based on what time we think church should get out. But as long as you planning, instead of letting God plan your day, you'll always think crazy. But the moment you begin to say, God, you got my time, you got my money, but the last thing you'll get, I'm going to give you my mind. When you give God your mind, he'll take, ooh, I was waiting for that dirty little thing, and he'll clean. Whoa. See, he didn't show me your thoughts. I just know I, how I think. God, he, he said, when you give your mind, you know how somebody will do you wrong and your mind will say, I'm, ooh, I'm going to take them out. And, and sometimes your mind gets to thinking real crazy because you start thinking about taking your own life. God says, I got you. See, even... When you are faithless, it does not stop him from being faithful. God has a plan, and he wants you to know that according to the new plan, that you're brand new. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. According to the new plan. Tell your neighbor, you look new. Mm-hmm. They may have on the same thing they had on last Sunday, but we're not talking about what they look like on the outside. We're talking about how they look on the inside. Is there anybody in here that want to open up their spiritual eyes just so you can see the hearts of the people and bless God for being around people that are filled with his love? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, it changes everything. It says, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. When something passes away, it's dead. Old things are 
passed away. The only way you can operate in old is if you go to the cemetery of pass away and start digging up your old stuff and stop hanging out with people who carry around a shovel. There went two or three of your friends. <laughs> he says, Behold, all things have become new. There's a new way uh, of looking at this. Well, what do I do? What do I do? Well, when old starts to pop up, you got to go to the way maker the one who made it new. And don't go to him begging him. See, that's the issue. Why are you going to beg God for something you already have? Why don't you thank him for it so it can activate the application manual? See, you have what it takes. You just don't know how to use it. The way you learn how to use it is you begin to thank God. When you start thanking God, all of a sudden you just start operating according to what the manual said. Is there anybody in here that's ready to just thank him? No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, I'm going to thank God anyway. As a matter of fact, next time somebody does you wrong, I want you to just have a thanksgiving party. Go crazy. Have a conniption thanking God. Make them go cuckoo. Make them leave talking about how much you thank God. Make them thankers of God. Is there anybody here who's bold enough? Be bold in Christ. Be bold in the newness. Number two. Number two. Verse, verse 20 says, by a new and living way which he consecrated. Who did it? He, wait, 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 wait. He, he consecrated. He, he, he prepared it. He, he sanctified it. He, 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 he did, he did it. Uh, I was, I was looking over my life and how I used to go to church when I was little and the preacher would be preaching. And he would say stuff, and every week he said the same thing. And I used to laugh with my friends, talking about, I'm going to church Sunday to hear Reverend Gardner say, be either hot or cold. Because he would say it every week. Until I got saved. <laughs> and I understood that I have to make a choice every single day. And I started thanking God for giving me a preacher that would tell me be either hot or cold. In other words, make up your mind. If you're going to be hot, you're going to be with God. If you're going to be cold, you're going to be with you. Now, either you're going to be living or you're going to be living a dead life. It's up to you 
but it's already done. God has done something to you to bring life to you that even when you feel like dying, you'll mess up and live anyway. God is just awesome like that. He won't leave you right where you are. He's already done everything. He consecrated you. He made you his child. He adopted you into the beloved. You can never escape God. You are his children and he loves you. Oh, goodness. He said, I did it, but I did it all. Uh, isn't it something how we'll be going with God and hit a bump in the road? Why is it that bumps in the road stop you from coming to church and getting the word? Uh, I was going to come, but this. I was going to come, but that. That's called delays. Everything that you need is already done. According to Philippians 4 and 19. Yep, write it down because that's the word of God. Everything you need, it's done. And God has placed it over here. And in order to get what you need, he sits it here. Isn't it funny how your gift is pointing you to what you should do? Sometimes you don't think you deserve it because you haven't forgiven you. And other times you think you deserve it too much because you haven't forgiven other, others. But he says to us that I will place everything here, but you're going to have to forgive even you to keep on going. So he says, Paul says, my God shall, not might, somebody say shall, shall. supply some of your need. Oh, so, so you got it all. And just because you have it all, it doesn't mean you got to stop. Because the all, it should keep you going. And whatever you're going for, when you get hit in the now, it should not change what you're believing God for. Is there any believers in here that know God it still needs to answer some of the things that you need? I want to talk to the needy folks. Can you admit you need God? Can you admit you need God's help? Yeah. Well, pastor, I'm too weak to go through this. Well, God said my strength is made perfect in weakness. If you could just tell God how weak you are, God will show up. And if you're standing still, he'll send, come here, Brother Harold. He'll send somebody in your life that gives you a word that will push you just a little bit further. Come here, Brother Rudy. And if he don't have enough push in him, God will send somebody else into your life just to give you a little bit more push because he wants you to get to what he promised you. And God's going to get you there one way or another. Oh, God. But if you never believe, 
that you had it already. God will send believers in your life that will push you to what's already done. Give somebody a high five and tell them it's done. Point number three, point number three. Is this good? Point number three, this is helping me. Point number three, point number three. He said, let us uh, draw near. Wait, wait. What does it say? Read it with me. Say. Verse 20, 22. What does it say? Let us draw near. Stop right there. Let who? Oh, so it's not about you. So if you're trying to go by yourself, that might cause a problem. You're responsible to bring somebody with you. Amen. Let us draw near. In in other words, this is where the three C's come in. It says, let us come closer. Well, what's the third C? Well, it says, let us draw near with a true heart. The true heart is certainty. So if you're drawing near, you got to be certain that God is who he said he is. Don't come in tiptoeing around with God. Come in knowing that God is your solution. And sometimes you'll let him be your solution when you feel like it. Huh? But God said he's your solution whether you feel like it or not. He said, draw, he said, come, come closer. Well, wait, wait, wait. How do you get closer to God? By believing him. When you believe God, you get closer to him. You believe people more than you believe God. Sometimes you run around looking for a prophecy. You got a word for me? Yeah. Jesus. Well, I need another, I need a word. Jesus. For everybody running around looking for somebody to tell them something. Jesus. He is the answer, the sum total to your everything. So anybody looking for a prophecy, you got one. Jesus. He said, let's draw near. He says, come closer in the full assurance of faith. And he says, come clean. Uh, Let go of all the stuff that you used to think about, let it go. Let my word wash you. He said, I'll wash you up. That's why it's important for us to meet together. Because we get the word together. And God is so awesome that you could get sit there and the same word that comes forward will give you different mail than they got. Come on, living word. God is that awesome. 
I got to take 10 seconds to just praise him for being who he is. Hey, God, you're awesome. Oh, you're wonderful. You're marvelous. Faithful is my God. He, he tells us in, in Matthew 11, 28 and 29, he, it's important for us to come closer to God. Well, I can't come close yet because I still smoke weed. Mm-hmm. You don't want to need to be coming closer. <laughs> well, I got too much on me. So I, I can't come. But the Bible says, Jesus says this, come to me. All. See, and some of us don't want to bring the friend that still smoke crack. Huh? We don't want to bring that one that's, you know, still at the well, prostituting herself. Huh? We, we talk about it. But Jesus says, I want everybody. He says, I want everybody that's in your life. He said, I say, I'm saving you so that you can save others. I put some raggedy folks in your life. I had you act raggedy. You think it was your doing? I allowed you to act raggedy so raggedy folks will come to you. And when they come to you, they're going to get lit on fire because of the fire I placed down in you. Oh, God, come ye all that are heavy, heavy, heavy. Heavy. But I'm tired, Pastor. I keep inviting them and they ain't coming. Tired of them. Tired of carrying them away. I'm the only one that pray. You know how we get. Oh God, do something with them. God said I am. I gotta do it through you. The reason why I'm allowing them to act crazy, because I need you to come closer. Oh. Sometimes we'll complain about the very thing that's driving us toward God. We want, let's just thank God for crazy in our life. Let's just thank him. He said, he said, and when you come, that's where you're going to get your rest. The closer you get to me, the more you rest in me. There was a disciple by the name of John. Jesus refers to him as the one he loves. I got to teach on love next month. This is just a commercial, just so y'all know. Because when, when y'all hear the word love, y'all go, Start thinking about Valentine's Day. No, it's different. We're going to get with it. Uh, he, he refers to John as the one he loves. Now, now, get this. Out of all the disciples, when they were having their last meeting, it says John laid his head upon Jesus' breast. In other words, he rested right there in Jesus. When you know that God has already given you the victory, then you can lay your head 
right there and just say, Jesus, Jesus. See, sometimes people count sheep to go to sleep. The other night I couldn't sleep, I counted Jesus, Jesus. And I said, Jesus, until I got to 96. And that's all I remember. And I slept like a baby because I was resting in Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, God said, don't worry no more. Give it to me. Come closer and rest in Jesus. Final point. Final point. We're going home. Verse number 23. So, so then he said, all right, so when we're washed up by Jesus, he said, let us hold on. The Bible says hold fast. So hold on. Hold on. Fast means a tight grip. Hold on to God and don't let go. Hold on to the word that he promised and don't let go. You know, let me tell you about God's promise. God's promise is not like man. God can't break his promise to you. God is so raw in his promise. You guys really need to read this. Because when he got ready to make a covenant with man in Genesis chapter 15, he said, man is not like me. So when I promise, I got a promise where it can't be broken. So he says, he swore by himself. God unto God. He was so raw about it that he didn't even swear to himself until after he put him to sleep. Wait, wait. Abram was there. He was giving Abram a promise about the blessings from generations. In order to get the promise, the covenant, so it couldn't be broken and he couldn't put his mind into it, the Bible said he put him to sleep. That's why I'm telling you, go to sleep. Rest in God and believe the promise. God will never break a promise. He promised you just like he promised the children of Israel. After he delivered them out, after God delivered you out of darkness, he promised you good life, prosperity, his plans for you. After he delivered the children out of uh, Egypt, he promised them that they would walk into the promised land. Most of us are standing just outside of the promised land. You're only a few stones away. Do you know they had to cross the Jordan to get into the promised land and Moses couldn't lead them there? You know what? I thought the Jordan was huge to get across. Because it took them so long to get there. But they were stones away. Do you know you could run and leap over the Jordan River? And be there into the promise of God? And Joshua took them into the promise. You want to know why? Because they believed God. 
And you are one belief away from the promise that he's already promised you. All you got to do is believe him and get ready. Look at the Jordan. Jesus has already given you. He is the stone. He's the rock. He dwells inside of you. So you don't got to put the rock in the water. You and the rock could jump over the Jordan. Do I have any jumpers in here that's ready to leap for God? Not afraid to leap for God. See, I want to talk to the people who can get bad news and look at the bad news and say, you not for me? I got good news all up inside of me. And leave the bad news right where it is and keep pushing on because you got good news. Is there any good news folks in here? Oh, goodness. So he said, hold on. Hold on to his word. Put Psalms 33 and 4 on there. Because God made a covenant and he gave us his son, Jesus, who is the word. And that's what you need to hold on to. And don't hold on to it based on what you think. Hold on to it based on who he is. That's why you come to church. So you can get nuggets that I hope will take you home and you read some of the scriptures and that take you into a deeper study. See, that's what this is all about. Because God wants you to know him. The more you know him, the harder you can grip him. You know how, come here, Dad. I love my dad. And I know my dad, he won't let nobody pass judgment on me. That's my daddy. I trust my dad. Why? Because he's proven himself. You know what else? I know that my dad came from God. Because he has attributes that loves me in spite of me. He loved me when I was a cusser. He loved me when he used to tell me to stay home and I snook out the window. He loved me when I got left by everybody else because I couldn't get out the house and I took his car. And you want to know what he said when somebody come up and uh, Felix did it? That's my son. And because I know that, I can hold on to him. See, I don't give him no love because I know him. I can get close to him. And that's how, that's how God wants you to be with him. When you know him, you can hold on to every word. And when something don't look right, you can look at him and know it's going to get right. See, and that's what God wants you to know today. He wants you to hold on. Put your head so you can hear his.
Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Father, Son. And you start feeling the love. And you know that you're his child. And he has a great plan for you. And everything that you need him to do is already done. And when you've done all that you could do, you can hold on to him. Go ahead. And he'll take you the rest of the way. God will get you to what's already done. And all you got to do is believe him. Give him a hand of praise. Time to go. It's time for you to take this message out to, a, out to a world that really needs to hear about God's love. You know, and, and, and if you're bold about it and God hasn't even done nothing for you and people are looking at your life saying, you ain't got nothing. If you're really bold, you should go out there and tell them the promises God has on your life. And be so happy about it that they'll, they turn around and say, you don't even got nothing. And you say, that's because you can't see what I see. And you don't know who I know. But come to church with me on Sunday. <laughs> see, y'all, y'all, I'm trying to get them here. So you can come to know this Jesus that loves us so much. That he holds on to us no matter what. And he wants us to hold on to him. And the tighter you hold on to him, the quicker you could get to what's done. You know how you'll be moving with God and then start talking about the bump in the road? The bump in the road is what you need. Now that you know that, whatever bump you get, start thanking and praising God for it. God, thank you for this delay because I believe that everything is done already. Stay right there and watch the miracle working power of a faithful God who didn't save you so he could fail you. He saves you so that he could bless you even more, even more. So just hold on, hold on in your spirit, man. Just, if you gotta preach to yourself, just hold on, hold on, hold on. Just hold on, it's gonna work out. God's gonna work it out. Everybody rest to your feet.